Pod Boys Productions. Hello, Brooklyn. This is the Brooklyn Rebound Podcast, episode one. Dos idos. You know, sometimes we gotta we gotta toast to the most, and uh, your boy Podnam is is feeling himself. But how how are you doing, Padrew? And it's your co-host oh. over here. Yeah, yeah, Padrew, yeah. yeah. Drinking a beer. Oh, it's true. You can see it on camera. Yeah, and uh, mm. a refreshing sip I just took. Yeah, and you and have I'm a no ready f- to pod. You have a no fear T-shirt on too. That's pretty pretty cool. Yeah, it's one I I made myself. Yeah. I just I got a white tee. I didn't want to buy go to what I'm gonna spend money on these, uh, trendy t-shirts. <laughs> oh, I just got a sharpie, a red sharpie, and put, wrote it out there. I think I might have, I I I ran out of a little bit of room, so it's like no, yeah. too big of a space. Then fear is it like looks really like gen- fur. Yeah, it's really gen- yeah. yeah, it's it, it's really looks more like no fur. Yeah. Which yeah, I'm also for that. Don't yeah. buy fur. People, it's right. endangering animals. Right, wait, wait, to, wait to step up your activism out in, in right. La La That's Land. That's the least I can do. Yeah, yeah. Uh man, it's a, it's a good night. It's a good night to be uh, eat um, and it's a good night to be uh, a podcaster and a Brooklyn Net fan right now, because there's so many things that are going on in my life that also have to do with the Nets. Mainly a four-game winning streak for these Brooklyn Nets as of... Wow, congrats, Nets fans. I know, I know. We were four and eight. Now we're nine and eight. Wait. Now we're five hundred. Well, you should be eight and eight. five and eight. Yeah. Okay. No, they were 500 yesterday. Nine and eight. Yeah, so we're over the hump. We finally did it after one and oh. No, no, actually. Two and one. And this very night, continuing your win streak at the, um, what am I trying to say? At the hand, not the, at the hands, but at the expense of Quick my Arena. Cleveland Cavaliers. Not called that anymore. It's actually now called Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, I think. Whoa. I don't, I don't, RJ was, I watched the beginning of this game. Unfortunately, I can only see the very beginning, but um, first quarter, but Mm-hmm. I did note that RJ on the Nets, I had the Nets broadcast, and he was making comment of the arena change. Like, I don't know what's going on. Well, they always change the name. That whole sort of thing is, of course, he's used to calling it the Q from what mm-hmm. his days there. But anyway, um, yeah, the Net, like you said, a lot of the good things going on in your life right now. Is the Nets a number one on that list of things going right in your life right now? I would say it is, uh, it is top, top, uh, top pick for. Uh, Things that are going well in my life right now. Okay. Now you did say uh, you did tell me off mic before we started that your wife uh, is making cornbread, so maybe that's up there as well. She has made some cookies from scratch, um, so that and is, cookies. Well. Yeah, butterscotch, butterscotch. No one makes butterscotch cookies. But yeah. I wouldn't say that I even know what those really are like. I get. I mean, I guess they taste like butterscotch, but I don't really. I can't really picture that in my in my head right now. Well, I mean, you're going to have to picture it because we're going to be talking about that for the next half an hour and examining, breaking down the these butterscotch cookies. <laughs> the scotch cast you wanted to, you had on the agenda today. I thought it was about because you like booze a lot and, and liquor. You know, I thought it was nope. going to be that, man. No, nope. It's nope. butterscotch you're talking about. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, a lot of people are very... Uh, you know, ignorant when it, when they think yeah. when I say scotch, I'm, I'm talking about the scotch, the butters of scotch. Yeah, I am know? one of these ignorant people. I don't. I honestly don't really know what is. I mean, I know what it is. Like I know what it tastes like, but mm-hmm. what actually is butterscotch? Like where does it come from? Uh, you know, one time uh, there's this guy named uh, Penny. Penny, Penny, Mister Penny Buttersworth. Okay. <laughs> and, what, what kind of a uh, sweaty name? <laughs> And yeah, it was P- P- Penny, uh, t- with yeah. a couple peas in the like, middle. And was that his real name? Because like, of course, to get it back to the NBA, of course, NBA, mm-hmm. a great Penny Hardaway. That of yeah. course wasn't his real. That was like a nickname. Actually, this is a situation for this. Actually, guy too, or is that fun, funny Christian you said name? that. That's uh, Penny Hardaway's great, great, great grand uh, father, uh, really? step stepdad. Yeah. Uh, so. Stepped out of his great 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 grandfather. <laughs> yes. yes. Okay. So butterscotch has only been around for a 
couple hundred years then, I guess? Uh, I would say give or take. You know, it was during the time of, um, of when, uh, you know, the Renaissance had passed and so did... Uh, and so did colonization had passed, and then the settlers had passed, and then it was actually. Uh, what do you mean had passed? By the way, <laughs> what are you talking about? They like all they di- died. They, they all died. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, yeah, and then uh, Mr. Penny's Buttersworth uh, had uh, had went to the stop and shop and found some butter and scotch, and then he he went to the scotch uh, Scott store. Uh, obviously, they exist. In Scotland, or yeah. just the store. Okay. And then he decided that uh, he was going to get drunk all night and pop some butter in his mouth, and then threw up, and then that's what came out, butterscotch. And then all the villagers enjoyed it. So, You know, it's a good story, Padnam, but I don't think we need a whole half hour on that. I'm, in fact, I think we're probably good at this point. We can yeah, you're right. Maybe talk, you're get right. back to the Nets and the NBA. Yeah, let's get back to that. So, uh, four wins in a row, as I mentioned mm-hmm. before. And do you know who they beat uh, four games ago? Because I don't. I don't have the... I, I don't sure have, don't. Uh, okay. It sounded like you're setting yourself up to be like, and you know what happened next? <laughs> no, but I, I finally found the link where I could I know out. they beat the Cavs today, and I know they beat the Knickerbockers yesterday, with I believe with you in attendance. Maybe you're ramping up to that. But. Yeah. So the at Indi- the Garden, the Indiana Pacers was a game that you know we talked about me being going to all these you know Nets games. So that first Net game that I went to, the Pacers blew them out, one fifteen eighty six. Just just crapped all over them. Uh, they barely the Pacers. Put up- you haven't done that well this year, really. Right? Yeah, there's or no. They got it together a little. Bit? No, they got together now. There's no Victor. Both Holiday brothers scored twenty points. That was the first time in history. Where two brothers on the same team scored twenty points and more, uh, we couldn't guard any holiday at all during that game. It was really no, rough. It's like when it's like this year you get I think um, Hanukkah's the day before Christmas or something or oh, wow. Christmas Eve maybe, and it's like you're getting holidays back to back smacked in the face. Mm-hmm. I, I was looking at the calendar. I think Kwanzaa's like I think it goes like Monday Hanukkah starts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Christmas Eve Tuesday, Christmas mm-hmm. Wednesday, Kwanzaa Thursday. So that's that's like back to back. It usually doesn't happen like that, yeah. and it also usually doesn't happen when two brothers named Holiday both, you know, yeah, both. Dunk on they me. were they were also singing that song uh, by Madonna, and then they were saying Holiday. It would be so nice. <laughs> and then they were celebrate every time they made a shot. It was it was kind of disgusting. Um, but you forgot about Holiday and Holiday. You forgot the most important Holiday, obviously, Inamas. Uh, which oh, fall, with to, Kwanzaa to, falling on in almost it might be oh it, might it be does tough this to year yeah yeah it might be tough do you, and I can't and remind me and the listener do you light any special candle for in on this uh, I think in Kwanzaa they have like a green and red and black candle situation what, yeah what's no, the one? no I'm a friend uh, I'm a friend I'm a fan of the <laughs> of the Febreze uh, linen you're, like, you're a friend of it too probably God that is one of your friends. <laughs> Also, yeah, I mean, to my birthday parties, you know, now must, as we know, in previous podcasts and uh, other shows we've discussed, it's a celebration of the life of Enam because no one is usually around during the holiday time. So, you know, we we drink, we yell, we so, sing. So you have to have Febreze uh, being sheets born. as your friend because no one's around. Yeah, exactly. Hey, I love Febreze, man. It's like, it's, it's a godsend. It's a god. It, it's a it's like a Inamas blessing, you know? Uh, I would say so. So make sure everyone sprays some Febreze on December 26th in honor yeah, of Yeah, well, Inamas. I know what to get you for the occasion. The only gift you need is some Febreze products. Oh, no, no, no. no. So. I have plenty of Febreze. I need other I need other things. Maybe Febreze plugins. Um, I, might, I might need some of that. Now, now, will the Nets really go on a tear right now and just keep the win streak going till Inamas? Uh, that would be impressive. That means they would have to be uh, teams like the Heat, the Nuggets, mm. the Raptors, the, hot. the Sixers, the Spurs, the Rockets, uh, the Knicks. That's yeah, not bad. Uh, <laughs> uh, mm. It seems like they've been playing the same teams. Like they played the, as we were talking about the Pacers. They came back in on Wednesday and beat the Hornets one hundred one ninety one. Then they played the Kings and routed them. They never trailed during this game, 116-97. So there's first... Wire-to-wire wire victory. Yeah, it's their first victory where they d- demolished a the team. They haven't done that all season. 
And then, you know, they went into Madison Square Garden, went to the enemy's territory, and won 103-101. And, you know, we'll talk about that slowly and then uh, surely. But Cleveland tonight, they had uh, squeaked out a win against the Cavs with Spencer Goatwitty hitting a clutch shot to win the game. Game winner, right? And I want to hear all about this game because, like I said, I only got to see the first quarter. But, um... I don't know. Is the schedule kind of weird this season? Because I had noticed Mike has, that we're talking about, they've played the Knicks twice already yeah. in the Garden twice yeah. in like yeah. a span of like nine days or something. It is I would weird. get it if it's like a home-and-home home or like in Cleveland one week, in New York the next. But they played them in the, both in New York in less than two weeks. I don't I've never remember that happening ever before. Yeah. Like no, I've seen. they've seen yeah. the Pacers twice. They're about to see the Hornets twice. They're going to see the Nuggets twice. And they went to, you know, Denver they're going to see the Pelicans again, the Hawks twice, the Knicks the third time, or the second time. Oh, no. Yeah, third time. Yeah. Uh, they played them four they times. They played them twice already this year? Um, it's insane. I don't know. And Timberwolves again. Yeah, they already played. They're 2-0. Kevin Durant um, had uh, made a comment on the Nets page or someone's page. Uh, yep, 2-0. Uh, or he said preach 2-0, something like that. So easy money sniper making appearances on the social media. You know, wow, what, a great, what a great, you know, uh, witty comment by KG. It's like Magic Johnson. Have you seen the Med- what Magic Johnson's always tweeting? That's just like, <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, what about this game, this Cavs game? So, in the first um, quarter, like, that I had watched, uh, it was a good, it was a pretty entertaining game, close game. I think that quarter ended, maybe nets up a bucket, something like that. It was close, maybe even tied at the at the. Going right. to the second, did was it back and forth the whole time essentially? Uh, it was a game of runs, which you know I hate that yeah. saying, but it's true. Um, you know the Nets second quarter, it was just back and forth, punch you know punch for punch. Um, I think uh, it was devastating when I forgot who hit a shot, maybe Claxton or someone, uh, where the Cavs took the lead right before, because like it seemed like the Nets were holding for at least with that one point, you know. Uh, lead and then the Cavs took a lead with a, a 50 to 49 or 50 to 48 kind of situation or 49 and then with five seconds left Spencer Dinwiddie uh, penetrates and throws his sick pass to Musa who does this reverse layup and then right at the horn and they get the lead and I, I honestly think something little as that kind of plays a huge part and how a team wins if you finish off quarter strong. And I that think, was the end of the first half with the Warriors. Yeah, the end of the first about. half. Yeah, okay. exactly. Um, and then the Nets built uh, a couple leads. I think they they're up as eleven points as much uh, as much as eleven points. Uh, the Cavs never went up really high. Um, they just kept on uphill battle. But when they would get uphill, they'd be up two or three at most. Um, and Nets would go on a run, Cavs would come back, and then the Cavs, the Nets finished off with nine points with, uh, in the fourth quarter with, like, I think two-something uh, remaining, so it looked like they were about to close them out. Then uh, the Cavs came back on an 11-2 run, uh, and there was, like, a two-point game. Um, game and of runs. I forgot who couldn't finish the free throws to win the game. Yeah, all the Nets uh, fans on the boards were really pissed, like I said, because the free throw situation was was messed up too um there was a discrepancy of like 11 for the Cavs and Nets had zero until the middle of the third quarter was the first free throw that the Nets taken like that's really unheard of right like you don't go uh, home some home calls for the Cavs yeah and I wouldn't even argue like the fouls themselves like oh that's not a foul like I I don't think I ever say that unless it's a flagrant foul like I, I I don't, I don't know. It just it doesn't bother me whether a ref calls a foul or a fall unless it was like a flop, you know, where you just like, oh, mm-hmm. the guy faked it, you know, like a charging. Like if you call right. a foul, no player, barely any players raise their hand, you know, ever. They are, they're just like, what the hell? So apparently no one's fouled in the NBA. But in this particular case, literally zero fouls were called for the Nets until the third quarter. Like I, that's not possible like you can't and when you were watching but so when you were watching did you to your eye where you're like oh that should be a foul right there or no i kind of forgot because i wasn't challenging the rest of me like yeah call the call the foul you know like it was it was almost like you 
I was just so invested in the game and what like it going by and it going by that I forgot that they didn't have any fouls. And I think unless you were yelling from like first quarter and then the Cavs were racking up the free throws, then you I everyone would realize that. Anyways, so moving past that, um, the Cavs have a lot of heart, man. Uh, you know, your team is actually pretty gutsy there. So they came back and and they couldn't close it out though. Especially. Um, yeah, so they couldn't close it like you just said. I've watched a few games this year. It does seem like they're more fun team to watch this year than last year, certainly. Um, and they do seem to... I think Beeline's a good coach, and he's, like, getting him to play hard. That's what it seems like. Obviously, the rookie coach in the league, but he's an old man. Like, he's been in the college game for, like, 40 years or something, whatever, long, long time, so... Yeah. Since they have basically a quasi college team almost with like a bunch of 18, 19, 20 year olds. Yeah. It seems like that was a good hire. Um so so far, yeah, I'm impressed with that. But uh yeah, like I, the Nets should have won this game and they did hold on obviously and do it what Dinwiddie's the one who hit the game winner, right? Dinwiddie finished it up. Yeah, he's the uh as I was going to say, he's a player, uh, NBA player of the week for the Eastern Conference. Uh, led the team to three no record, you oh, know, nice. as we just talked about. And and uh, Kyrie hasn't been playing, right? He didn't play today and hasn't no. played yesterday, right? Yeah, since Dinwiddie has moved to the starting lineup, he's been averaging like twenty five a game and eight assists and seals and like, you know, this is the thing that a lot of net fans I may at least online net fans uh, I don't know in person I've ever disagreed with someone that, like in terms of the Kyrie, D'Angelo. Like, everyone loves D'Angelo. And when the Nets are losing, as we mentioned in the podcast, they're like, oh, man, I wish we had D'Angelo. The Nets, Kyrie is a scapegoat. Yeah, sort of yeah, Kyrie's a scapegoat. And it's easy to beat up on someone who's already been beat up in the media over and over again. But what what I'm saying is that the Nets' best player, if people remember, was Karis LeVert in the beginning of the season last year. It wasn't D'Angelo Russell. And then he got injured, and then D'Angelo stepped it up. Um, and when D'Angelo and Jeremy Lin were out, Spencer Dinwiddie two years ago stepped it up, you know, um, they didn't win right. any, I remember, yeah. yeah, they didn't win a lot of games, but he had the best P one of the best assist uh, to turnover ratios and one of the other stats, PPR, whatever it is. Um, and, and by letting D'Angelo Russell go, you're also deciding that, okay, you're getting Kyrie Evering, you're getting an NBA superstar, uh, a person that's won a championship, but you still have two of the best players on the team for cheaper contracts in Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie and fully capable. Like, these guys are only going to get better. Like, we've seen a lot of Kyrie and some of the best of Kyrie, uh, but and I still think he's got a lot more to give uh, than to lose. Um, and I think Karis and Dinwiddie people just need to be reminded how good these players are and how good they are in this system. And Dinwiddie, again, tonight, he showed it. And it's, unfortunately, it's at the expense of your Cavs, but yeah. fuck, it, fuck it, whatever, you know? <laughs> I don't really mind too much from a personal standpoint. Like, I'm obviously not expecting the Cavs to do anything this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and since I didn't watch most of the game, it's not like I got the top, you know, the gut punch because I wasn't watching along with the whole game. If I had watched the whole game, then we lose on a buzzer beater or whatever it is, then I'd be, mm-hmm. you know, I'd mm-hmm. be feeling it more. But right now, it's like coming in cold, basically. But um, I do well for one thing about Dinwiddie. I do think he is getting more national recognition now, especially off this. He will too. I I think people are starting to um, I don't know about Levert as much, but Dinwiddie, I think people are starting to. You know, the national public is starting to pick up on him, his game. Yeah. But about Kyrie, do you, what do you think? I mean, I haven't seen, like, it, I go to Reddit right now. There's, like, there's comments up here, or, you know, um, threads up here about, like, is Kyrie getting traded? What, who are the Nets trade for Kyrie for? Like, all this stuff. Like, it's already happening. Uh, we did our uh, our last episode was our one-eighth season check-in, so maybe it's a little, maybe it's two-eighths now. Not even quite. It's, it's barely into the season still. And this is already, you know, getting talked about. Like, is that frustrating to you, or is it just like, do you think it's just a bunch of whatever? Because people already have these opinions on him, is he really a problem in the locker room already, or what do you think? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it you said it being one eighth uh, season. I I think it's more of like 
three sixteenth. You know, two. It's like three sixteenth. We're like in that middle ground. I was trying to see what you had and all. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and all the all the rumors, all the talk. It's like, you know, I'm. Part of me is like, all right, everyone settle down. But I think it's kind of like this, it, just the internet culture, and, and also I wouldn't even say millennial. It's just on demand culture where everyone wants something now. Uh, so with this team acquiring superstars, even though Kevin Durant has not played a single game from the Nets, these Nets fans, some of these Nets fans think that they should be the best, we should be the best team, and Kyrie should be doing everything for the team, and we should be winning all the games. And it's not, I don't, you know, I'm generalizing a lot, but, like, it's not, you're not seeing the full picture that a Sean Marks and a Kenny Atkinson is seeing, you know, and yeah. and if you're not appreciating what Joey Harris has become, what Jared Allen did today with a twenty and twenty, I think it was twenty five and twenty one, and yet, I mean, I would, I don't, I know it's at expense again to the Cavs, but you should watch the dunks. He's definitely on top ten Sports Center tonight. He did a one handed catch throw down uh, slam on on Tristan or Larry Nance. He posterized both. Uh, yeah, over Thompson and Larry Nance, you did another one. You did a double, uh, double pump tomahawk jam over him too, um, and it's like, this is this is a team. These are players that were not given a chance until they came to the net system. So if the Nets can turn players from like that have talent and potential and pull them out, Kyrie may be challenging that culture a little bit. But I don't think he's expected. I, I didn't mean to try to cut you. I was just gonna say because he's like the. Well, it's kind of what you said already, but because he's kind of the opposite of what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, and Basically. so some of these fans are probably feeling that way, especially with D'Angelo being a player again, also given a chance after he was exiled of L.A. and snitching on you know Nick Young and and all that. <laughs> but I mean, no one cares about Iggy Azalea in general, so it's fine. You know, he made the D'Angelo Russell made the right call and saved Nick Young, so <laughs> um, <laughs> and and you know. That's the thing that bothers me, though, because, like, we didn't even give this a shot already, and people are panicking about Kyrie's shoulder and stuff like that. You you had Kyrie in your life. There there was injuries. I mean, he got injured in the NBA Finals. Yeah. But I would take that any time with Kevin Durant being on board of the team, at like, 9 out of 10 times. So. Well, I think the main thing right now is that is there i may be wrong about this but i thought i did maybe see something about like there are nets players that are upset with him oh it's not just the fans Mm -hmm. it's maybe some locker room situation so what do you know do you have any light to shed on that well it's a lot of Stephen a garbage too um and you know jackie mcmullen wrote an article too saying like oh during a flight or something something and then the nets you know discarded it and so like none of that happened i mean you don't like all your coworkers, right? Uh, you yeah. you you hated me when you know when we, so when we met at one. You know what? I just hated you as a coworker. Yeah, yeah. That's why I got you fired from our job, and yep. so we could just do this. Exactly. Part. I mean, exactly. oh, you didn't really know about that. Never mind. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Kyrie's a weird guy. So yeah, I could, I could see people. Kyrie's gonna have his as thing, and I hate the oh, man. I hate that so much. Moody, like, what is that? You know, like that just that just changes like that basically takes everything that psychologists and psychiatrists learn and be like, oh, yeah, no, he's just moody. Just throw it out. You know, just like, oh, can I diagnose you? Drew, you are moody and you need to you need to fix that right now. So like, what is that? That's the opposite of how I am, I would say. But um, yeah, I yeah, I can see some people are moody. I mean, it just means like. You're standoffish, I guess, or you're, yeah, you're not always wanting to engage people, maybe, or, like, be left alone, or, is that what I mean, kind of? Yeah, but, like, it's the same thing to, like, people saying, oh, she's got, I mean, in a similar way, and I guess, adjacent ways, uh, got a resting bitch face, you know, like, uh, you know, you're labeling these people, base human beings as as like certain personas that you think fit that narrative and Kyrie is probably one of the most interesting people I've ever like saw play basketball or ever read about and now we have more access to players and what their things are but like a Native American born in Australia dad served in the military uh, did he serve in the military 
That's why he's born in. Uh, he was born in Australia. Oh no, no his dad he was pl- a playing professional. His dad. His dad was playing professional ball. He'd never. He made it to a couple NBA teams, but never made it to the team like on the roster. I think. Like he never. Yeah, I don't think he ever played in an NBA. Yeah, he was on the but... the camps. Uh, um, yeah, like all the flat Earth stuff, whatever. But like, you know, like he's such an interesting, weird pl- and player, but he's so good. And if people are like talking about the swings that they're not in the locker room, it's like not like I show up at your job and be like, yo, yo, Drew, <laughs> Drew, uh, you know, you, you're kind of weird right now, and then just walk out. <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense. And I, I, it really frustrates me, especially when you talk about mental health and, like, saying moody. That's not a, a thing. Like, you you said standoffish. That's that's a little different. Like, he, you're literally labeling someone as saying, like, uh, he just doesn't want to engage in conversations. By saying moody is so vague. It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't have any substance to it. And it also say mood swings. It's like almost talking about like how women have how people say women have mood swings and that's really effed up because we all have emotions other than you you're you're, you're a machine. I'm pretty robotic. You're a machine. On, on yeah. not emo- Basically, Cleveland sports is the only thing that gets my pulse to even like have a you know move. Um, but obviously, I'm not a strange guy myself. So, uh, yeah, with the mood, sw- I mean, people. Some people do have crazy mood swings that are like di- they could be diagnosed with you know manic um, episodes yes yeah or whatever yeah, yeah whatever yeah. The, i guess yeah some they could be diagnosed with something <laughs> if they start running that in the paper good. like Kyrie has manic episodes then you literally know there's something wrong okay so by by saying mood swings you're like oh well you know maybe he didn't want coffee this morning and he got yeah. upset you know so but that'd be insane manic episodes. but so i guess is there some thought that scapegoat or otherwise like mm-hmm. one once you see the nuts winning games without him maybe losing some games where he has played is that going to be the thing that i'm like oh we, maybe we're just better yeah. with that you know yeah that's I probably think, where it's headed right i mean that's what happened with him uh when the celtics made game seven against lebron right um without Kyrie and gordon they're playing they're playing really well yeah. and i remember Kyrie and gordon were talking about it during the offseason or whatever they're like, you know, it's part of them want didn't want the Celtics to win because they're just sitting there and they're not doing anything. And it's like, oh, it looks like they don't need us anymore. Like, that's how Kyrie and Gordon Hayward felt when it was Game 7. It was Jason Tatum, Al Hartford, uh, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart doing their thing and winning, getting the Celtics to almost to the NBA Finals if it wasn't for one of the greatest players of all time. Del- telling them, no, you can't, you can't pass me. Um, and that was that time they were injured, you know, Kyrie didn't play the most of the players. It wasn't last year, the year before. So, yeah, I was going to say, I was getting confused for a second. Yeah, yeah because I mean, that's when your Cavs um, went to the finals, remember? Yes, I do remember. Yeah, yeah. They got blown out. Yes, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, we won a game. Did we? I can't no, remember. Did we get swept, swept in that final? Swept, no. yeah. okay. Remember J.R. Smith decided he didn't want to win a game? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I, I, I might have seen that as a meme a few times since then. Yeah. Maybe. Anyway, are we done with these nets right now? We are, we are done we are with these nets. I got I got a little moody and mood swingy about talking about mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving being traded. So I think yeah. I've said my piece. Um, and Kyrie, I hope you I hope you come back stronger. And better than ever. Also, you know, said Celtics. My boy Kemba went down pretty hard. And t- I don't know if you saw oh, it. Oh, right. Yeah. I didn't well, even see the... Um, I, I heard about it, obviously. I saw it all online. I didn't. I don't, I don't believe I saw the, the video footage. But it was a bad-looking... Uh, What's a the freak, situation with him? It was a freak play. It was, like, a really freak play. Like, Kemba was stumbling, going for the ball. It was, like, on the floor. And it got out of his hands. Or it was a loose ball. And then he started stumbling, stumbling, and then Ojale was standing right there with his rib cage just popped out, like flexing, and then uh, his teammate, and then his head just crushes like an NFL player, you know, with their helmet into the wrong spot or at a wrong angle, and he just folded, just completely folded, and was limpless, was not moving. It was, they took him out on a stretcher, it was pretty scary. Um, And like, yeah, go ahead. 
Uh, is that a long-term injury, though, or is he going to be back? Relatively? They said, they, I mean, I think that night, they, it was a couple nights ago, they said it was con- uh, concussion symptoms, and, you know, it's to be determined. But, like, with a concussion that hit that hard, especially a couple if, weeks? Yeah, you could be you could be out for a week or two, and, and the NBA is a little bit more precautious with this stuff because it doesn't happen all that often, you know, compared to the NFL. So, uh, and they don't have... Um, they don't have uh, what's his name, Mason dropping uh, end bombs towards people with uh, to get <laughs> to get <laughs> Mason Alleged. Rudolph. Yeah, yeah. No, I I could see Mason Rudolph looks like he would drop an end bomb though. I mean, let's be real. I have to agree, but yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, no no helmets to swing, and and I guess you could pull out a mouth guard or something. It doesn't have the same impact. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if someone did pull Steph's mouth guard out of his mouth and slap him across the face with it. That would become my favorite player in the NBA. Whoever <laughs> wants to do that one steps back. No, no, no. Forget when he's back. Just go go when he's on the bench. <laughs> well, do you think he's still chawing on that mouth guard on the bench? And it's, Part know, of his ritual. He's still shooting <laughs> half-court like half shots, you know, uh, from the hallway or whatever, the entryway, and then still chewing on that mouth guard nonstop. Well, yep, yep. Um, I guess you can pull someone's headband off and do the rubber band shit at them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that do that. Do that. There's things you could do, but it's not going to cause too much damage probably either way. No, not at all. Not at all. Well, I mean, I hope Kemba gets better. You know, I hope yeah. there's no more injuries. John Morant went down pretty hard after hitting. Um, that happened today as well. That happened that? tonight, I I yeah. Something right before we got on here, yeah. yeah. Damn, I, I've been loving Morant. So what we talked about him in our last episode, so we didn't yeah. rehash. But. Ja, the new rule Morant uh, is what I like to call him, and it's going to start trending soon. I praise Ja. I, I like to praise Ja. You like to praise Ja? For uh, his skill with the basketball. There you his go. Ability. Yeah, there you um, go. What, what, I mean, generally around the league, I haven't had as much time to watch ball the past couple weeks here. i got to be honest. It, it, maybe between our last recording and this one, I haven't, unfortunately, watched a lot of NBA, just keeping up on Reddit and stuff like that, but is there, I mean, the Celtics had lost a few games and they've tailed off a little. Lakers are still going pretty strong here, 14-2. and two. So who's on top right now, Lakers? Yeah, and the Bucks have regained control of the East and record-wise. Uh, the Heat, mm-hmm. we kind of mentioned them before. They're one of the hottest teams in the league so far this year. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Luka's still lighting it up a lot, right? Yeah, I mean, Sixers look like they're... They're sinking. They, they just lost. Yeah. They just lost to the Raptors, and Joel Embiid had like a zero for, like thirteen zero re- one rebound, and like just doesn't look Gosh. like himself apparently right now. So. Yeah, the Cavs only lost to them by like a by a bucket or a buzzer beater the other mm-hmm. week as well. I, I feel. Yeah. I think yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it was. It's. I mean, the NBA looks like in good shape in terms of the some of these teams being, I think Celtics being. Good again is good for the NBA. Um, Clippers also is a good story. Uh, you know, Nuggets are back to where they were last year. Mavericks, you know, Luca dropping forty on the Rockets and blowing out the Rockets, causing Westbrook to shove him in the back for no freaking reason on a on a fast break play. <laughs> like he, he barely even had the ball, uh, and Luca doesn't react to that stuff. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Uh, it's on Reddit too. NBA Reddit. Uh, Westbrook looks like tra- hot trash and hot garbage again. So and they yeah lost they haven't three in matched a row. too well yet right the Rockets. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you're trying to get if you although if you're trying to get the MVP and you do have to get a triple double to do it, I guess Luca's probably going to be the next player to do that. Uh, he might be padding some stats too. He's a twenty year old old. Uh, player why wouldn't you do that you know <laughs> is he a threat to win mvp his second season in the league yeah no he's or already top it? top three yeah it's a realistic thing yeah. he's he, the the mavs are fourth in the west right now i think they're probably I'm looking uh, yeah they are buying the clippers nuggets lakers yeah. and that makes them also you know just about maybe eighth or ninth in the whole nba the, the suns right now are in the playoffs technically yeah seven seed eight and eight um, oh, the team that really fell off hard is the Blazers so far this year. They did win tonight, but uh, but yeah, they've been really struggling. They will have a lot of injuries, I guess. They have no no uh, front court basically right now. But. Yeah. Well, 
real talk, if you're talking about the team that fell off the most, it's got to be the New York Knicks. I mean, for mm. the... For I the, know, when you're already basically on the bottom rung of the ladder, and it's like, there's that little, like, Mm-hmm. four inches of space between to the ground. Is that really falling off the most? I don't really know if that's the case there now. No, I mean, they're the... Uh, sorry, I don't say most. Falling off the best. They're the best at falling off in general. The, most, really entertaining, the most entertaining train wreck, more what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, my train was stopped on the way to yesterday's battle and at the Garden. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're at the Garden. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was, you know, not to diminish this man's you know, current stature, but I was literally there. What's this gonna be? He was a homeless gentleman, and he happened to be okay. homeless, and and I was stuck there, and the train was not moving due to a personal accident with the train ahead. So I'm at 28th Street on the AC train, and I'm trying to get to 34th. So I'm literally in between where I need to be, and uh, and oh, I I'm so I I remember this feeling well. And I sure don't miss it, getting stuck on that damn New York subway between stations. Who knows for how long? Could be a minute, could be 25 minutes. Well, Trying to get somewhere, you can't yeah. move. Yeah. Yeah. And, what happened? And I, I, barely t- I barely take the AC. I'm not an ACE kind of guy. It's not, it's not, my, no, it's not my style. That's a, little, that's a little west side for you. Yeah, yeah well, I do the one, two, three. Mainly the two, three. And yeah, I hop the on the four, line. five. Yeah, it's, you know, like, I, now, like I have bad memories, of course, on the one, two, three. We don't need to get back into that. But. No, no, no. This is not about your deathly defying stories. But my, but what? Uh, so what happened with the gentleman on the train? Well, I mean, he wasn't doing anything. It's just like I'm stuck there, and it couldn't be in, in a worse spot than you know, panhandlers oh, yeah, okay. no, yelling, rude. and yeah. and there's a guy right next to me. And I kid you not, you know, Drew, I consider myself a veteran of riding the train. I've been doing it for about 10 mm-hmm. years. And then I would also say I dabbled in it in college when I took uh, Metro North down to the city a lot yeah. from Connecticut. And I've never done this in my life, Drew. I, I would think it would have happened before, but this is the first time where I was told that I had to go to the carts in the front to get out because they backed up the train. I moved it a little bit forward just to get off to the MSG stop or 34th Street. So they actually got us there. I've never walked in between stalls in my whole cars uh, in my whole life. I've never I've never done it to get off to get off the train. Like I've never heard of that happening. That's interesting. Yeah. No, they do that. In I'm, I've moved between like, cars a couple of times. Have you? A well, you de- man. You well, you've definitely done it on like the Metro North, like you just mentioned. You get you can. Yeah, I'm talking about like train. I guess I meant the. Yeah, I know the subway. Yeah, subway, NYC subway. It was, but, it, was yeah. it was a crazy experience. I felt like I was on a Metro North, but it smelled a lot more, and there was more homeless people uh, while I was going through carts, you know, to get to the front Yeah, station. when you were bringing it up, I thought you were going to say, like, you had a conversation with this guy about the Knicks or something. I thought that's where I was going. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had a conversation with a homeless gentleman about the Knicks. Yes, I've never I've never done that and I don't know if I'm ever I hope I never get the opportunity. I just hope that I never get to talk to a Knicks fan in general too. Um other than my brother. So, what what was the um te- the temperature of the Knicks fans there? Like were was it a lot of depressed people uh, fans in the uh, in the crowd or were they all like screw the Nets were we people at least care about our team even though we suck or well, what's the vibe there? You know, I don't know if you've ever experienced a garden like in a final three minute, two minute, maybe even final five minute situation. But I mean, Knicks fans are always I, I give them credit. They are they always show up. They always come through. I mean, there's a lot of tourists that buy tickets, but there's a lot of authentic fans and they yeah. love the Knicks no matter what, whatever they do. Remind me of being a Mets fan, too. Um, you know, like true and true. And. This is a time where, you know, the Brooklyn Brigade I don't, uh, invaded MSG. We bought a whole section out. We had, like, five five rows, 20 seats across. It was about 40, 47, 50 people showed up. Uh, Shout-outs to the Brigade. Uh, and we had come with our chants and our, our screaming and yelling, but we were respectful. Against, I guess the uh, fan conduct is you can't stand up 
at the games. It seems like it's a very Manhattan thing, you know, to say, like, you can't stand up in, during the games and cheer because the people behind you are paying a lot of money and they don't want to stand up, you know? Uh, ah, screw those people. Stand. Yeah. No, no, we, we wanted to, but we also had to be respectful. Mm-hmm. Well, we wiped our feet, basically, before we entered. We maybe even t- took off our shoes because it might have been an Asian household, so... Japanese... Yeah. Uh, meal style okay yeah um but yeah so i mean that sounds like a fun time obviously it ended well for you guys but uh so there's no mixing it up with any knicks fans though so no you didn't let me yeah you didn't let me finish so So there was so sorry there was yeah you 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 know just like those knicks fans we shut we we shut them up uh real fast not due to our play our chance were definitely more creative uh there's one time we were you know every time they were uh they were on offense. We do our defense chant no matter what song they're playing. So we were playing. We said defense every single time, and then this one guy would yell. We would be defense and yell sucks. It's like defense sucks, and it, yeah, that's confusing. Like, what is he saying? That the concept of defense sucks? right. That that's exactly what I thought, and that's what I replied. It's like, wait, so he does not believe in defense. This guy is a perfect Knicks fan. Like, uh, apparently, defense is not one of his philosophies. It's fine. You could say that. You can say defense sucks. I could say fail, like defense fail. At least that's saying, like, oh, he wants the defense to fail right now. The, the players on D. Something would be better. Yeah. It'd still be lame, but he, he, it makes yeah. sense, maybe. So this one guy, uh, we kept on hearing him, and he was he, he looked like uh, uh, a guy from Long Island that had... Uh, had made his way in the LIRR and had a whole bunch of tall boys on the way. So basically, mm. that's that's the way I'll describe him. And um, he was constantly yelling towards us whenever we were making chants and just directing his... It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. But not towards the game. Himself or was he with people or what? He was with like two people, I think. Um, and, and so at certain times during the game... We were just like we just kept on doing our chant, ignoring them. But then some some of the people in our group did it in a creative way. Be like, "Yo, you're yelling at us. You're looking at us more than you're watching the game. Go watch the like basically telling him to shut up and watch the game." And then I think towards the end, when it, the game wasn't even over, like the, we won by two points, but he right. something set him off. So set off this Knicks fan. And he was just like yelling and cursing, and and then he did like a, a degeneration X, like suck it kind of motion, and he did all these things, and then so rewind, there was a NYPD cop next to our section that came after the second half, and was accompanying in our section of of fans, and we were like, what's going on? Like we haven't been doing anything, but someone, some some like probably fan who probably happened to be white uh complained maybe of us chanting the whole game right below the sweets too so uh i'm sure that had something to do with it and they they wanted to sick sick them on us and i was just like yo i've never been discriminated by my my team <laughs> before i've only been discriminated against my mm-hmm. <laughs> my skin uh so so uh so that officer who i we thought was there for us and was Maybe maybe even there to protect us. Who knows? He ended up taking that guy, that Knicks fan, <laughs> and kicking, escorting him and his friend out with two and a half minute re- remaining. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. And I got to even ask that officer before he did that because I was worried. I went to the bathroom. I'm like, yo, so who do you got? Knicks or Nets? He's like, Knicks, baby. I mean, Nets, baby. And then he gave me a dap. I was like, yes. He's on our side. <laughs> so <laughs> we had infiltrated... Wow. And destroyed with the Death on your Star. Side. Uh, yeah, you know that. You know when Randy Quaid and ID Four went in <laughs> straight to that alien beam and exploded. <laughs> yeah, doesn't he die? <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we. I mean, we didn't die. We made it out. But uh, he's like, he said, "Hello, Daddy," or "Come the baby," or something. Like he had some one liner uh, on the way there where he looked at his photo. <laughs> I'm not as big of an ID4 fan as you. Daddy's but. home. That's what it is. Daddy's home. No, that's a, that's a that's a Mel Gibson movie. Oh, that's Daddy's home too. Um, yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah. It's like I said. It sounds like a good time. You always get some of those fans, but um, 
Yeah, well, they kicked him out. That's he must have really been uh, been going. I mean, I it. think that was a bigger victory or than was, the Nets winning. Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly. Or that cop really was just a big Nets fan. So, <laughs> so yeah, you you highfalutin Nets fans come into the garden with the cops on your payroll, getting good old Knicks fans kicked out. Yeah, you and you guys think you're you think you're the heroes in the story, Panam? I don't know. You guys are the villains. But well, well, so. on top of that, one last note as we were leaving, like, uh, we also had some like, uh, like just random like fun trash talk with a couple of Knicks fans in front of yeah. us. One of them was watching. Have you ever seen the NBA arenas where they have TVs right before, uh, you know, the railing? So people had like yeah, yeah. NFL Red Zone on. And then, you know, I was watch, I was catching on the Cowboys a little bit. I didn't really want to because I, I knew eventually they would they would just lose to the Patriots as they always do. So oh, right. this was Sunday uh, night, yeah. Yeah, Sunday night. And um, and then one of the fans there was watching the Simpsons after the game, uh, after the Cowboys game. And then he's and then we were like one of the one of the awesome people in the Brooklyn Brigade was like, hey, guys, be quiet. He's watching The Simpsons. Let's not interrupt him. <laughs> also, is uh, this a new? Oh, is this a, the new like a new episode like from season thirty one or whatever? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still on Sunday night. There's two wrong things with that. Like watching the new Simpsons. Who does I can't that? imagine a more depressing existence than being a Knicks fan who still watches new episodes of The Simpsons. Uh, I think like, a more depressing one is watching family new episodes of Family Guy. <laughs> I guess, I guess. Um, I mean, the the Knicks fandom combined has a lot of combinations that could be it. Yeah. That with one other thing could definitely lead to. But situation. yeah, they were all in good fun. Like those guys were pretty funny, and they were giving us props. That's on what our you chance. want. That's what yeah. you want. You know. Um. Yeah. And then the last last note, last note, last note. So as we were leaving, we saw uh, some of us saw Richard Jefferson, but as we were leaving, uh, there was. The security guards that were there uh, behind us, there was a couple one sections, you know, next to next to him. And the, one of the guys that was managing the section next to us walked over to our guy that was uh, that was managing our section. He's just like, oh, so how are they? They were like really rowdy and like rude or something. It's like, no, man, they were really nice. They were really good people. Like, that was a lot of fun to have them here. And I was like, fuck yes. We win in life and we won the game. So I think it was a. Uh, all in all, successful night for the Brooklyn Nets in Manhattan because they always come to Barclays. You know, there's so many Knicks fans yeah. that exist in New York City, and that that makes sense. But like, it sucks when you don't have a home court advantage and you can't do the same to your older brother. Yeah. So, well, that happens to the Nets a lot. I mean, Cavs games, ton of Cavs fans show. Like the other, the opposing teams, New York do City, a lot of yeah, yeah, yeah. And the yeah. Nets just aren't yeah well established though. Like that, um, it's the same with like the Clippers here in LA, sort of. You know, uh, has it been that way? You think still? Yeah, it's like t- it's not a good home. It's not a home court advantage like that. Really, not as much as other yeah. teams have. At least I think the Nets is kind of similar. Um, yeah. But yeah. Oh, because you said you mentioned RJ just now. I did see something else today too. I didn't really read into what it was about specifically, but the the it was something between him and the Knicks. They got in some beef or some comments made or so. Well, what's that about? So on air, he did made a joke. He's like, "This is why I don't wouldn't sign with the Knicks." Uh, like they offered me a contract, and I was like, "Nah, man, I, I'm good. I, I'm good." So he was joking, and he's very dry with his humor a lot of times, right? Um, and so, so that joke turned into a whole thing. James Dolan. You know, uh, Dolan J. Trump over there uh, had <laughs> decided to um, basically call him out and like make the Knicks fan make a Knicks organization make an official statement saying that we never offered Richard Jefferson a contract, uh, and and like it, it, you can't make that up, you know, like when the headline doesn't become. Marcus Morris putting 23 points and making, like, six out of eight threes, and R.J. Uh, RJ Barrett not playing for some reason towards the last, I don't know, last two quarters, barely. And it becomes Richard Jefferson makes a joke, and James Dolan replies. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah. New York, 
New York basketball. Well, he's gonna, he's, Dolan's gonna have a sharply penned blues song coming out about RJ soon. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Yeah, it's like his rap disc, but it's just <laughs> We didn't offer the contract. It was mm-hmm. all a lie. Um, yeah. Well, the Knicks are a hot mess. Hey, by the way, uh, to get to a completely, the polar opposite of a Knicks would be playoffs, right? Playoffs. And I think you wanted to maybe talk about some, there's been some, uh, I guess we'll wrap up soon here, but there's been some yep. um, increased talk over playoff changes. You want to tell me what's going on with that? Yeah, 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 yeah. So check it, check it, check it, check it. So around the NBA, uh, Commissioner Silver, uh, Silver Surfer, Silver Surfer had come through to the NBA PA uh place spot and he was like hey what about these changes and uh you can you can read them as i um as i'm i'm trying to figure out what i'm trying to say here okay so the new schedule to include rules such as reducing the regular season from 82 games down to 78 or 79 wow big change there that was me editorializing at the end you didn't type that last part uh reseeding of the conference finalists meaning the Lakers and Nets could face off before the NBA Finals, for example, hence eliminating the East versus West for that round and beyond. Good, good use of the word hence there, Padnam. And um, 30-team in-season postseason tournament, similar to the Champions League and international soccer postseason play-in. Um, that's the notes you had about this. So what can you – I I don't – I, I might need a little more explanation on this reseeding jazz of the conference finalists. What's All right. So who was in the conference finals last year? We had the Bucks, um, and Sixers. No, Bucks and Raptors. No, the right? Raptors who and yeah, Bucks won, Raptors yeah, and the and the Dubs Blazers who are both uh, the two worst teams in the West so far right now. If I would recognize right. it. So <laughs> if it was last year and you're you're doing this reseeding, what you would have seen was. The Bucks playing the Blazers, and the Warriors playing the Raptors, and and semifinals, NBA semifinals. You'd be reseeding them based on their record one through four, and you just said the Warriors were and the Blazers were worse. Obviously, the the Warriors were the third best team record wise. Raptors were second, and Bucks were first, and Blazers were just there. Oh, yeah, when I said they're worse, I'm talking about this year. This year they're at the bottom. Not 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 what they're. Yeah, I know. I'm saying year. like if you. If you're making that the rule as of last year, that's how it would it would pan out. What this does is, which I've always argued, and I think a lot of fans really enjoy this, is if this were to happen, you would definitely get the best, you know, best uh, team to win the championship. Um, I think nine out of ten times, maybe. I all right. My initial gut reaction on this is I don't care for it. I don't. I think this is like a half measure kind of thing that I don't really get. Why wouldn't you just at this point then I would I would just eliminate the conferences in general, and have well you had the next note about being a I guess is this a separate thing the um the thirty two team plan or no I, I mean that's part of it I mean I co- just to be uh, transparent I I barely wrote this I copy and pasted this so it's okay. fine I'm I'm uh, but but that's a separate thing they would do that instead that's like a that's separate yeah that's separate okay. um maybe i like that better but in terms of this one why yeah why not just why not just eliminate conferences then and have and just have it seated from the beginning of the playoffs record wise like yeah. yeah yeah i mean i mean i i i've also thought of what you just said in terms of just scrapping conferences but I think that would be really hard to do. One for scheduling purposes, for um, you know, traveling, traveling logistics, uh, having Eastern Conference. There's a reason why college teams and co- conferences have teams. They try to at least have. It's changed now, but they traditionally had like teams that are close to each other, like the Big East, the ACC, and mm-hmm. and stuff like that, for scheduling reasons to not fly to the West Coast, East Coast, and all different time zones. And when they do road trips in the NBA, obviously they try to keep it. Uh, you know, right. as close as possible, right? So if you if you scrap that uh, altogether, you still have to do those things, but you're not getting you're not getting the same. I would think that you wouldn't be getting the same opponents, like a guaranteed to have 
you know, uh, four matchups within your division, you know, rivals, or uh, maybe three. They used, I think they had, like, minimal a rotating of, like, three for Eastern Conference foes, and then minimal two for East-West battles, you know? So, well, yeah, I guess in this case they would just have to, I mean, they would have to leave the conferences for their regular season, but as soon, once you're in the playoffs, you're just in, and then it, the seeding starts from there, right? Would that make sense? Yeah, so they're not saying that. They're saying they're just going to no, keep but I'm one through that eight. That make, yeah. You mean one through 16. You just want to skip. Uh, yeah. That, I mean, that's also that's also um, why they, I guess they shifted back from that philosophy, but they used to do the one, uh, wait, two, three, two, right? They, in the NBA uh, scheduling where they would have uh, NBA finals, they would have uh, two games at the home three games away and then two games at home to to do that for TV and yeah. uh, writers and all that stuff. To, uh, but they they switched back on that only a couple of years ago. I think it was when the Cavs were in one of the finals, right? I don't remember when they did switch it, but yeah, it used to be. Now it's 2-2-1-1-1. Two, two, one, one, one. Yeah, and it used to be 2-3-2. Two, two, two. I, I keep on harping about the traveling thing, but I do think it does play a huge element and it's why – the NFL doesn't have a team in London yet, and why the NBA doesn't have a team in Europe or uh, or Asia yet. Uh, but I think I think with scrapping the whole thing, it's like then you just you're just talking about blowing it up, really. I mean, the Eastern Conference has traditions in some way. There's only one team that has transferred over uh, to the West, and that was uh, New Orleans Pelicans. That's because Charlotte got a team back, right? Well, also, does the way with this four with the reseeding with the final four teams doesn't make make it so two Western teams could play each other in the finals or two Eastern teams, or does it still just reseed? The, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, say there's uh, say it was the Nuggets. Who's in the top right now? It's like the Nuggets. It would be Nuggets, Lakers, Bucks, Celtics. No, well, it depends. I mean, that that's a two of each conference, but then is it? Record you still, yeah, matters? you still. I mean, when you think about it, you still. Well, that would get, be yeah. That was, so that would be if those teams. The two team, yeah, the two best teams in the East and two best teams in the West still show up. There's no like, if you do the whole completely scrapping, then the East beating up the East, uh, even if they're weaker, uh, it wouldn't matter because the West would have like twelve teams and the East would have four, and uh, you know, and that has nothing to do with how the the GMs and owners manage their teams. It just happens to be some East team sucks and some Western teams are better at being a GM and getting, you know, getting better players. Uh, and a player like LeBron shifting to the West and a, a player like Kevin Durant shifting to the East changes the whole landscape if you destroy conferences and just do 1 through 16. Uh, but what it does is shorten up the opportunity to be like, like LeBron and the Cavs had Unfortunately, or fortunately for them, a cakewalk through the East to the NBA Finals every time, you know? Uh, they would have to play maybe uh, the Rockets that year when they lost, you know, or, right. or something like that. And that would be fun. I, I think that would be a lot of fun. It would. I don't, I mean, I, the league does need to change it up. I do agree, like, in some ways, um, to have the most entertaining matchups and yeah. the best teams, but... I, I just feel like this is kind of like a half-and-half half thing that just doesn't really work for me. Maybe I, I think they got to go harder in one direction or keep it how it is. I don't know. So you you think it's a compromise that won't really work in the end, or you don't want it, you don't really that. care for it, basically? You think it will work, like, to find the best? Work in what way? Just having the best? I mean, the concept of two... The result, having the best team win the championship. I still don't think that's like a guarantee. Maybe a little bit more in that direction, but still only four teams. I mean, it's still anything can happen, which to some extent is what you want anyway. Um, the more air of like anything, it's not a foregone conclusion. Well, it's but the, yeah, I guess it would be yeah the yeah like the Cavs example if they had to play the Rockets instead, they probably would have lost. You know, it wouldn't be. And people are like, oh, this Rockets. Warriors 2017 whatever this should have been the finals because you know I, I get that but I don't know well there's an argument here like to be had right the main argument is that dominantly in the past 15 20 years the West has had the better records right um mm -hmm. all the time and the top two teams in the West have to face each other in the semifinals when you want the two best teams in the NBA 
to face each other in the finals. Like, uh, you know, Spurs played, um, I mean, Spurs played the Warriors in, um, in the first round, and that was the first year that the Warriors went on to win it, or second year and went on the championship. But that matchup was really tough, and Kawhi got injured that year, or that, that game, because it was outside Petulia. But, like, a matchup like that, that could could have happened if they, I mean, if they weren't seeded or whatever. What what I'm trying to say is, I think it was a thund, maybe Thunder Warriors? Yeah, Thunder Warriors. They had better record than the Cavs that year. And if they went to the finals, yeah. This, this ultimately, this is just what happens in professional sports. Like, there is two conferences in sport, you know, two leagues, whatever it is. Like, it's, you're not, you generally aren't always going to get the two best teams. It is, like, one from one, one, the best from one, the best from the other. So, like, that's just how it kind of is. So, if you're not going to have that, I think you just need to, I really, I, yeah, I think you just need to have no dividers and just the best seed it that way, you know. Otherwise, yeah, so, again, I, I don't like the in-between thing. I really don't, I got to say. I I disagree completely because the NFL does this. They recede after the wild card. They, yeah, but you still have the AFC team playing the NFC team. Pat's there every year, almost every year. You know, like, it's still... It's not the receding thing that I have the issue with. It's the cr- mixing conferences before the finals. Angle. You don't it's like peanut butter in your chocolate or chocolate in your peanut butter. That's what you're saying. Yeah. No. <sighs> sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, okay. It's hard for me to agree with that because of your example. I know it's just a, an example of metaphor, but I, I love peanut butter and chocolate combo so much, so I can't get really get on board with this. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, we'll agree to but, this. But the tournament thing is more interesting to me, and we're running out of little time here anyway, yeah, yeah. But so we don't have to have a whole big conversation about it. But I do think the, um, what does it say, the 30-team in-season, post-season term. Like, that, that's, that would be more interesting to me, I think. Those I mean, are, that's maybe too crazy of a change that right. won't happen. But Well, that's the whole point. So this is connected to the first point of reducing the regular – season games down to 78 right and this also battles yeah they need to reduce it more than that but fine yeah but you're i mean by by saying it's 78 but you're having a postseason play uh, i mean in-season tournament then it's not you're still getting games there um Mm -hmm. what it does also is stop the uh uh managed loading or whatever game loading or game freezing time but only a couple games uh, whether it is like they're getting the games back as this tournament, whatever the case is, that's uh, only three, four games knocked off the schedule is not going to fix this load management thing. I don't see how it would. They need to knock 10, 12 games off if they want to fix that. Well, uh, yes and no. I think um, I think having this uh, Champions League kind of thing uh, going out um, and actually having teams be competitive also with tanking, it, it kind of shortens up a little bit, right? So... If a team is doing bad and they still have a chance to like still play and uh, even a play-in game, which we didn't even talk about yet, um, it makes every single game important and relevant. And that's what the NFL is. That's what that's what one thing college football has because they barely have any teams in a play. They have a barely have a playoff system, right? So every game is a playoff game. This by reducing a little bit of the games, it gives them a little bit more spread out of rest, even. Instead of they still do three games in four nights, if they were able to really work on the scheduling, they could probably take that away and with just four games. Who knows? Because that fourth game would be a rest day now, uh, and it would be maybe three games in five nights, which is a big deal. You know that that affect the back to backs or like the next. It's the back to backs, yeah. That's what they need to would need to eliminate. Yeah. I think ultimately to get rid of this load management thing, which yeah. not, it's probably just not feasible. But yeah. I don't know. It's a complicated issue, clearly. And we're not doctors. We don't. We only try to be on soap operas here and there. But you're. Uh, well, you're gonna get your doctorate now to to just go anti Moody as a diagnosis, right? Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna take away the stigma of saying no. I'm gonna put stigma on saying Moody. The word on to Moody. saying Moody. <laughs> <laughs> saying Moody. Not onto the people that are called Moody. The people using the term on other people. That's who you are. Yeah, to have I, stigma. I'm gonna be like. Okay, Moodist. Yeah, that's going to be my thing. Instead of... Because <laughs> so, that's what people are. They're Moodists. 
They believe in the word moody. <laughs> so. A mood. They blew a mood whistle. That's how yeah. you know. They're, yeah. They feel so. I'm going to start calling them Karen. Uh, so. Karen? Okay, Karen. Yeah. That's like the new Okay Boomer, but it's for, uh, not for millennials, it's Gen Xers. I'm just confused because, like, we have a friend named Karen that's come on. I know. So actually, I was supposed to hang out with Karen this past weekend. She came to Brooklyn for a day, and I was going to say, okay, Karen. I never got the chance to. Never got to. That would have been funny. Sucks to be her, though. Uh, still better being a name like Enam, obviously. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think. So, uh, where you have to at Starbucks have to write Bud or whatever you write. I forget what your Bud? I don't tell. I don't tell. I know it's not Bud, but whatever. whatever Jimmy or whatever. <laughs> Manny, it's Manny. Manny, okay, I was close. <laughs> My name backwards, all right? Oh, no, oh, that's I right. mean, your name backwards is Word, so uh, that's not uh, that. Yes, I guess that's true. Word, yes, yeah, so I'm cool both ways. Well, word up, daddy O. All right, well, I, I, I don't think I really even want to say anything after that. Um. <laughs> no, no, people usually don't. People usually leave the room once I say yeah. <laughs> I really want to leave the room now. All right, I think that will do it for this this, this episode, 122. Uh, shout, again, shout-outs to the Brooklyn Brigade for uh, coming through the garden and letting me jump on into that, that chaos as the Nets won. Uh, there's going to be a lot more things going on, some Thanksgiving developments happening, uh, I'm sure. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, there's gonna be games happening. There's, fo- I guess uh, there's. NBA usually doesn't play on Thanksgiving, right? There's usually. I think no they have Thanksgiving games. off, but the day after they so. always. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's got the Black Celtics Friday, on the back to back too. Yeah. Um, they got a. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Another, you know, don't get me going on this Black Friday thing, Padre. You hit another trigger word. Uh oh. Well, right, just keep it wrapping it just, up though. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like that'll do it for this uh, episode. Follow Padre. Bring us home, Daddy O, baby. At Draw Drew Views on YouTube. Yeah, you and, cool cat. And at Drew yeah, Wills. Drew's follow views. your boy, uh, Podnam. At Enam Kazi, uh, Q U A Z I. Uh, and, you know, follow this other podcast. Check out the movies are relevant. Check out Padre and Takeover. Check out Voices in Your Head. We got stuff going for you. We're coming through with new stuff all the time. And if you if you're near the Brooklyn Museum, say hello. I am afraid. I'll see you in the streets. All right. Good night, Brooklyn. Let's go Nets. Peace. Rebound. 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 Pod Boys Productions.